So hi Apoor, thank you so much for joining this call. How are you? Hey Devika, I'm good. Uh, excited to be on this podcast. For anyone who doesn't know, Apoor is the CTO of Dowlands, and today we will be interviewing him, get to know his behind the scenes, his story. So I think Apoor, the first question I want to ask you is, how did you get started? You know, um, how did you land up here in this position? Please share with us. Okay, so there's two sides to it, right? Like one is how did I um, sort of get into Web three, and the other one is like. How did I get in the startup ecosystem? The Web three story goes back a long way. I think it was like 2016 or 2017, which is when I first came across um, the Bitcoin white paper. I went through it, did not really understand a whole lot, but like I went through it again and again. Read a whole bunch of other blogs. Um, basically, did a whole bunch of research, and the most interesting aspect of blockchains like there was no web3 back then but it was just blockchains but the most interesting aspect of blockchains was having this permissionless um account creation thing right so essentially um what permissionless over here means is whenever you want to set up an account let's say a gmail account or like facebook account anything like that right you go up to um you go up to their website you type in your username and your password it gets saved into their database and now you have your account right uh, or more appropriately they have your account right in blockchains you um, when it comes to your account you don't really need anyone's permission or you don't really need to contact anyone you don't for that matter even need to be online right like to create a create a wallet um let's say on bitcoin all you do is you create a private key which is usually like a long as um randomly generated number and then you do some calculations on it and now you have a public key. the public key is what you can share with other people so that they can send you money and your private key is what you can use to send others money from your account right like now this just did not involve any other organization you just created your account pretty much by yourself um and that is what really made me curious about this whole tech of course after that there have been so so many developments um i did not really um i wasn't really actively involved in web3 like ever since then i was just keeping up with like some of the key updates around like what's happening with nfts it's happening in defi it's happening with daos like daos themselves were a very different thing back in like 2018 but over time um i just kept up with like some of the key updates and over time when when me and vikram we were thinking about hey let's you know let's start a company let's solve a problem let's build something this was definitely one of our go to areas we were like hey there's so much so many problems that need to be solved and there's so much potential when it comes to this tech why not uh, utilize our time and our skill sets to make this better right um as far as startups are concerned i i think a key turning point was for me uh, of of getting into startups was when i joined um this startup called observe ai right now observe ai i joined them very early on i think it was barely like 10 folks at the time 
um, they've recently raised their CDC, so they're like doing pretty well. But um, over the two, two and a half years I spent with Observe, I kind of um, got this perspective or, or, or a sort of unique perspective into what it really takes to scale a startup from like zero to one or like one to 10, that sort of thing. Um, more importantly, I, so I was curious about startups, like everybody is curious to a little extent about like starting their own business or something like that. But those two, two and a half years really gave me the conviction to actually just quit everything and like attempt something on my own. I, when I quit Observe, I did not really have a business idea or anything like that. Like the only thing I was sure about was like, hey, I'm gonna build something on my own. Like, even if I fail, I'm just gonna attempt another thing. And if I fail again, I'm gonna attempt another thing. And within like, I don't know, five, six tries, I should be able to spin something up that actually works. Um, and that was pretty much my entire thought process when it came to sort of quitting, quitting job and like going ahead and attempting certain things. Um, I, before Dowlands, I actually attempted um, a couple other ventures um, they were mildly successful uh, and and they were um, they were essentially like stepping stones for me to to gain some skill sets and like to to get to get to a point where I was like confident enough to start something like this eventually me and Vikram paired up um, and we settled in on DAOs inside Web3 as a whole. So we looked at like a lot of verticals inside Web3. We were like, hey, can we build something in NFTs? Can we build something in developer tooling? Can we build something in like core protocols? Uh, can we build something in DAOs, right? Things like that. We did uh, a very critical analysis around like, hey, what is the space that we are best suited to, right? And DAOs is something that one, we both resonated a lot with, and secondly, we saw the potential of like utilizing whatever we had learned over our careers into into building some building something that actually helps this space mature and grow, right? So that is sort of how I ended up uh, inside a DAO or a Web3 startup um, as of today. But yeah. That's amazing. So when did you discover the Bitcoin uh, white paper thing? I what think, year so was this was, this was back in like third or fourth year of my college. Um, I, um, so at the time, I think the craze was more around machine learning than blockchain. So there were like two waves of tech coming in, one from the blockchain side of things and one from the machine learning side of things. Um, somebody just told me about, hey, there's like, there's this thing called Bitcoin. Um, it's pretty cool. It's supposed to be revolutionary. Um, so I just like, I was, I was extremely curious, obviously. So I just went through their white paper. Then I went through like a whole bunch of like other materials. Like I actually, so um, whenever I come across something like this, my intuition is to actually try and re-implement a simpler version of it myself, because I feel if I can do that, then I truly, truly understand uh, what this new piece of tech is. And I pretty much did the same thing with blockchains. I'm, I, I sort of went through a whole, whole lot of like stuff around like encryption, around like decentralization, things like that. I coded up a simple version of blockchain. Um, 
and and that is sort of how i started realizing what this tech could really do the kind of problems it could solve uh, there were a whole bunch of people who were at the time um, of the opinion that like blockchains can solve pretty much like every single thing right like there's traffic outside my home blockchains will solve this right that sort of thing the same was also true for machine learning to be honest like at the time but um basically if you go through um this tech you 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 try and understand what it's actually doing there are a number of legit use cases and um this is the, that is sort of what hooked me in in, in inside the black blockchain space right at that time there weren't really a lot of like d apps or anything like that there like the space was barely a baby and people were sort of coming up with like whole whole array of applications around like what they wanted to, to use blockchains for but basically i i i i was more interested in like the core piece of tech like if so oh, okay you have blockchains this is how you can have like decentralized architectures this is how you can like permissionlessly um make users do things right like that is not being owned by any one organizations it's just being distributed around like thousands of and thousands of nodes across the world and it doesn't go down and things like that those core like features of blockchain is is what i was primarily interested in eventually like people started building a whole lot of things on top of it like nfts uh, and daos and daos is something i felt was like a really good utilization of what blockchains can offer like they take the permissionless aspect of like financial transactions and like bring it in all the way over to like how people manage or create organizations which i think is a brilliant uh change that can happen over the next year or like the next couple of years and it would it can drastically change how people actually work right like it it could and and for the better right like it could change how people view their jobs how people take ownership of their work how people are compensated everything around that and and it could make it better uh of course i'm saying it could make it better because we are not there yet right um there's a whole bunch of friction uh, involved in this sort of an adoption or this sort of growth and that is sort of why we jumped in into this space right we saw hey we thought you know what there's a whole bunch of problems over here and if we solve like at least some of them then this could really bring about like good change um and overall for me it's always been extremely exciting to sort of jump into spaces where where there's a whole lot of ambiguity right like i'm i'm i feel extremely comfortable when there's like a whole lot of ambiguity when people haven't figured out everything when there's a lot less competition right you can go ahead you can experiment you can figure things out from the grounds up and you can build something new and better right this is so with this is sort of why i i i sort of jumped in um into the dow vertical inside web3 right but yeah Thanks so much for answering that. There's so many like amazing things you said. I feel like there's so many people who are in this space who don't 
haven't still quite understood what crypto is, what blockchains are, what NFTs are. They just dived into it, you know, experiencing the hype, seeing the money. But how you said, you know, you would experiment with things and try and create a simpler version of it, you know, until that's when you felt like you truly understood something. I think that is phenomenal and that is so, so important. And I feel like that's when you don't get scared when seeing the markets ups and downs, right? Um, you know, you don't feel like scared in the bearish market and people have been tweeting out that, you know, you built in the bear market. So tell me, how do you feel about people's kind of negative connotations since 2022, seeing the bear market, seeing not too much money in this space, seeing DAOs failing, like how is it that you see it? What is it that you'd like to say to them? Um, so here's the thing, like out of everyone who's involved in crypto or Web3 in some way, I personally feel a lot of them got involved in it because of some potential of like making money quickly, right? Like a lot of people, they weren't buying NFTs because they uh, appreciated what NFTs stand for or like everything around ownership uh, or anything like that. They were in it so that they could, they were buying NFTs so that they could flip it, right? Like they could sell it to someone else for a higher price and like some get some profit, right? right? The same is true for like a lot of other things, for example, DAO tokens, right? A lot of people were buying tokens, not because they were interested in the governance of the organization or the growth of the organization or anything like that. They were buying tokens because they felt, hey, the token price is gonna go up and we're gonna sell it off and we're gonna get rich. I appreciate yeah. the the desire to get rich, but unfortunately it leads to a lot of negative emotion when the market starts going down, right? Like a lot of I I completely agree that there is a lot of like uh, scams or Ponzi's or like a whole lot of like bad elements out there in crypto ecosystem in general. And the reason those elements are there is because of this sort of hyper financialization of like everything. But all in all, what I feel is like, as we go into the bear market, like, and whenever we come out of it, um, the people who are gonna remain in this space are the people who understand what blockchains, what DAOs, what smart contracts, what every one of those building blocks, what they offer and the potential they have, right? Like for their use cases, for their utilities, and not because they wanna make some quick buck, right? Eventually, more people are going to come in. The mass adoption is going to happen when there's like a whole lot of issues around like UX or sort of like just just this space being like user friendly in general. The mass adoption is going to come in when those problems get solved. And that mass adoption is not going to be driven by a desire to just get rich quickly. It's going to be driven by a desire to reap the benefits that blockchains and everything built on top of it offer. Right. So as of now, I don't really, um, I mean, I'm, I'm sort of happy that we have less noise as uh, we go into the bear market because like everything around, everything that was purely being driven by the token prices going up is, is sort of like at a standstill now, right? And, and people, the people that were only in it for that purpose are also sort of going away which means 
we can sort of focus on the core problems, which is how do you make the value uh, of these blockchain related stuff available to everyone, right? Like there's, there's a lot of people who I know would enjoy working at a DAO, right? They would happily quit their jobs and go work at like two different DAOs, earn all of their income through that. They would probably be happier doing that. It's just that they have no clue what DAOs is. And the reason behind that is like every, every time someone from outside the crypto, crypto community looks at or hears about anything related to crypto, for example, DAOs or NFTs, they think about token prices or like just some sort of a stock that's just crazily going up and down and like people are gambling on it or something like that, right? They don't ever get to see what the benefits are, what the pros are, what the cons are, how can it change their life, things like that, right? This is this is exactly why bear markets are somewhat helpful because it, it sort of cuts down the noise and now you can actually see what Web3 is really about, right? At least when it comes to its real life applications or utilities. Definitely. Um, tell me, you know, you got interested in DAOs, you learned about the technology, you were really passionate for what it stands for. Instead of participating in a DAO or starting your own DAO, what made you start DAO Lens and what drives you every day? Wake up and work on DAO Lens. Okay, so um, I'll, I'll sort of answer this in like two parts, right? Like one is why, um, one is why why DAOs in the first place and then the second one being like why why go for building a DAO tooling thing as opposed to starting a DAO yourself right um, so when it comes to DAOs right like what what I feel about DAOs is they they sort of offer even even in their current messy form they actually offer like real world benefits to people who can actually navigate through that mess and like contribute that off, right? I know folks who started working at DAOs and then they quit their jobs, they started working full-time in DAOs and they essentially enjoy a whole lot of benefits that you can never probably get in any organization. Um, for example, having ownership around what you're working on, right? Having ownership around what you're being compensated. Um, having a lot of flexibility, the kind of flexibility usually only freelancers can afford and all of that with, with, the, with the aspect of like being a part of organization that is working on something bigger than like what, what a freelancer or like a team of freelancers could ever do, right? So all of this real world benefits, it's just that to, to actually avail those benefits you you actually need to navigate through a lot of mess a lot of friction because DAOs are fairly new in their current form and they're gonna evolve even more in the coming months and years but all in all the core aspect of taking the permissionless aspect of a blockchain and putting it inside organizations right so such that people who have certain business ideas, project ideas, whatever, they can permissionlessly create organizations and everyone involved in those organizations have a lot of ownership and flexibility around what they're doing inside that organization, right? 
both of these aspects in my opinion are nothing short of like revolutionary right today uh when we got around uh to raising some funds we had to register our company right and the process of registering a company was so hectic it was so time consuming and all of it was solely because you have these governments you have banks you have a whole lot of organizations involved and none of that process is permissionless right it's all permission driven you need to go and register your organization with the government of the country that you want to register it into governments want to keep track of like everything that's happening in that organization especially when it comes to taxes and finance so they're going to make you go through a whole lot of process so that you can actually like justify the existence of your organization and so that you can make they can make sure that you're not doing um anything that goes against their policies the same goes with banks all in all it it just produces so much friction that i believe it it actually ends up um curbing a lot of innovation that that could have happened if it was a permissionless and like an easier process to start an organization right um daos even today bring that value to the table and if we can solve for all of the friction all of the mess and all of the tiny little nuances within how do you actually operate daos like what's the best what's the best way to actually do governance what's a good mechanism for compensation things like that if you can do that i am pretty confident that most founders in in like the coming months or years when they think about their projects they're going to think about positioning it as a dao as opposed to just registering a company right now when it comes to us we were debating this for for quite a few weeks around like whether we want to start this as a dao or whether we want to actually register our company right um starting this as a dao presented us with like a bunch of problems which were which were sort of diluting our efforts of actually making this space better so what we decided upon was like hey we'll start an organization and we'll progressively decentralize it right what that means is right now it's governed by us but eventually and slowly we're going to let go of that control to the community that we built around this organization right that seems like a good compromise between the speed and efficiency that you can get if you just create like a small efficient skilled team and put them to work and the decentralization and ownership aspects of of like a decentralized organization right so it's a good compromise or a good middle point between these two ends of the spectrum in our belief which is why we we sort of thought hey we're going to um just go ahead and like register it as a company right now we're going to grow a community around it we'll, then we'll progressively decentralize control over to the community so that it keeps going right and as far as the, as far as like creating a dao like as far as just creating a dao goes right like we were never of the opinion that we just we should just create a dao for for its own sake right the dao in my in my belief should always be looking to at least solve a problem right um there are daos that are there 
just so that the community gets to learn or interact or make connections or like help each other out with like various things no concrete objective in mind and even those function well but in my opinion i was always focused on like solving a particular problem and building tools for 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 a space that i believe is going to grow is is something that um i've been excited to do even before dalens and like before uh before sort of getting into the startup space uh, i've always been of the opinion that if you can help a space grow you will definitely um like reap the benefits of it and it just feels a lot more like exciting and satisfying as opposed to just creating a dao and like just seeing experimenting with how it works and and things like that right so dao tooling was something that i was um convinced about uh, right from the get go and positioning it as a company and progressively decentralizing it is something that we gave a lot lot of thought on and we decided upon this route for uh for the benefits i just mentioned right that's amazing thank you so much for sharing that let's just switch up the topic a little bit would love to know um what was your dream as a child oh um so to be honest my dream was to just join the military like i know it okay. has like nothing to do with tech or where i am at right now <laughs> yeah but um so one of my uncles is uh, or he is retired now but he was in the military and i sort of um got a little bit of exposure to to how they live and how uh, disciplined they are and like how they operate in general like inside and outside uh, of their organizations but basically i was extremely extremely impressed by whatever they were up to i was also um really fascinated by just the 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 physical fitness that everyone has inside military right like and this this is not just about um the soldiers that are active right now it's, it's also about like the folks who retire out of military they tend to be really fit um even in in their 60s 70s and that is something that really fascinated me i know it's 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 like um it's not at all related to like web3 <laughs> or anything but that is ex- that is actually what i uh, dreamt about as a child um that's anyhow awesome. <laughs> i i i just <laughs> i somehow ended up um sort of in in like studying mathematics and stuff and then i got into machine learning and then i got into web3 and now and i'm for years like a certain kind of discipline right like you always attracted to discipline and you landed up here yeah i mean like i think the 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 aspect of like being physically fit has carried over from like that time um to to this date even though like tech industry is sort of notorious or like infamous for for having like really unhealthy lifestyles and things like that but hmm. um at least as far as i'm concerned and like a few people around me i tend to always like push for like a, a, at least a decent nutrition and like a decent amount of like physical activity things like that so that you know yeah. um you can 
in some way ensure that you also retain some of your physical fitness as you go on in life so that is sort of the only aspect i that has carried over from like those childhood dreams over to me right now yeah. but yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing you know um I think uh, the Uber CEO Travis was once asked, you know, what is like, you know, just secret of success and stuff like that. And he said the statement. He said, you know, fitness is the first step to greatness. He said, you know, because I was like, it's so much more about like physical fitness. It's also so much more like mental toughness. Mm-hmm. You know, building that discipline. It's a way of life, and you start operating like that. And you know, when you develop those habits, you're able to deploy in like different parts of your life as well, right? So I think True. it's like amazing. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. Like, so I've. most of the people um most of of the people who are really disciplined in in my life have this discipline both in their mental or their professional aspects uh, of of their life as well as in their like physical fitness right like if you have discipline in one aspect of your life i think it carries over to like the other aspects as well so if you're really um like strict or at least like if if you are really into let's say running or something like that it it sort of carries over a little bit into your professional uh life as well even even though you're not really running around as far as like tech industry is concerned or things like that but yep <laughs> that's all awesome. you know our podcast is called humans of daos and as much as we love to talk about daos and crypto and battery i think it's so important to also like uncover the human beings behind them right so i feel like questions like these really help people understand who you are as a person and they can relate with things right like someone might not be able to relate with you that you read the bitcoin white paper but they definitely can relate with you that you know <laughs> you wanted to get into the military at some point so it's amazing and on like along the same lines i would love to ask you What was a life-defining moment in your life that really shaped who you are as a person? If it was a book you read, a movie you saw, like a person you met, experience, <laughs> like talk about oh, that. That's that's an interesting question. Although, so it's it's kind of difficult for me to pinpoint like one particular moment. I think like most people, uh, the way their life changes, it happens like gradually over like a. a whole bunch of situations but like if i had to narrow it down i think it would be um when i was in like a hostel in a small town in norway called tromso right so um so i was there just just sort of doing this solo backpacking thing um and i got to meet like a whole bunch of people from very very different backgrounds like um and most of them like some of them are european some of them are american some of them were australian but essentially all of them had extremely different life experience like all of us were roughly the same age right but all of us had very different life experiences and like perspectives to to like what makes them happy what makes them sad what they think about their family what they think about their relationships what they think about their careers professions etc like the the sheer variety that i experienced while talking to all of these people made me realize that everyone i had been talking to before that right like so everyone in my friend circle everyone in my university um everyone in my school right like everyone in the company that i was working in 
we sort of like of course there was a bunch of like a little bit of variation amongst our lives but we were our lives were all pretty similar to each other right yeah. now what it made me um sort of really curious about was hey how can i experience more of this right like how can i experience more different perspectives at life like how people live uh different professions different locations like different lifestyles everything around that like how can i experience more of this because i feel um it's it's really worth uh it's really worth pretty much like anyone's time to just try and explore like what all is out there because most of the time if you look at your friend circle or if you look at people that you hang out with you tend to sort of go around with people who have a lot of similarities with with you in general right now that's not a bad thing but what ends up happening is you do end up inside a bubble of sorts right you never get to know what happens outside of that bubble or you rarely get to know what happens outside of, of that bubble but so basically after that experience the major change that happened in my thought process was i started making decisions around my desire to explore more right so i would always think about like hey is this if if i do this is this gonna make me more likely to experience like something outside of my bubble right that was sort of like one of the key experiences that really made me wanna like do things that enable me to explore more because mostly people do not really have the luxury to explore everything and just like let go of their lives and and just just go on like trip after trip and it's not really a lot about traveling it's 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 more about like you getting to meet different people it's it's more about you having the luxury to explore something outside of your industry something outside of your hobbies something that you probably would never jump into um otherwise right so i think that experience really made me um or made me made me make a whole bunch of decisions that actually led me over to where i am today but yeah, yeah. that's super exciting to hear how old were you when you took that trip i think i was uh 20 4 if i remember correctly yeah 24 <laughs> going 25 somewhere around that. <laughs> that's, that's super amazing to hear i can't imagine what it would like to be you know to be in like such a foreign country with all sorts of different people like you must have been really uncomfortable and really really expanded your horizon and like you yeah. were forced to and do that so i'm usually not the kind of person who so i'm not an introvert exactly but i am not too much of an extrovert as well right if i was yeah. traveling in a group i'm pretty sure i would never have interacted with so many people but i was traveling alone and 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 to be honest that was partly intentional like i wanted to force myself into like those kinds of situations but i'm extremely happy that i did that 
because it it led to so many so many conversations that that helped me realize that hey there's there's so many different perspectives out there and um i should definitely try and ex- like experience like however much i can right i of course won't be able to experience like everything that happens around the entire world but let me at least try and like experience more than what i what i usually would have yeah that's super exciting very brave of you to do that <laughs> on that line i would like to ask you what would you say is your end goal or your ambition it could be related to la- downlands or it could even just be your own like your personal life so <laughs> so end goal is like heavily tied back to what i was just speaking about right like i want to get in a spot um where i can freely explore like different professions different like lifestyles different locations like um different food particularly um without really yes. bothering about like the consequences right like most of the time if you go about doing all of this like explorations but like people tend to have like a whole bunch of hesitations around hey there's an opportunity cost associated with this right like if you if i do this i'm going to lose out on something else because i could have spent my time doing like something maybe a little more optimized towards like wealth creation or like my job or like my family or something like that i'm going to get into a spot where it's easy for me to explore more and part of it boils down to like wealth generation but part of it also boils down to like being in a good spot when it comes to your personal relationships your family your friends like where you are at um and making yeah. sure that it's compatible with all of all of the exploration that you want to do right now it's a tricky thing to navigate into but um like dowlens is is like one step into that and there's like a whole bunch of like tiny little changes i'm making in my life so that i can i can uh like in in let's say the next decade i can be in a spot where all i do is just explore uh or pretty much 90% of my time is being spent in in such explorations as opposed to like um something out of necessity right because explorations is definitely it doesn't come under something that's necessary you can probably like everyone can live their life without exploring a whole lot but in order for you to have the luxury of 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 experiencing a, a lot more and trying out different little things you need to get yourself in a spot where um all of this doesn't affect um like other major aspects of your life which is what is my end goal like it's it's um yeah so that's that's primarily it um some of it is coming from like let's say if if i were being given like all the time in the world it's it's not as if i would tr- spend all of it traveling i'm also extremely curious about like tech and things like that i would spend definitely some of my time like venturing out into into some projects that i like or things like that but all in all in order for you to have the flexibility of like venturing into so many different things you have to uh, build up a certain uh, system first and like certain other things in life which is which is exactly what i'm working towards 
Thank you so much for sharing that. And I'd like to ask you, hopping back into DAOs, is that how do you see the DAO ecosystem today? How are DAOs operating today? One of the things you mentioned, like a lot of people are just creating DAOs for the heck of it, not solving a real problem. Versus there are people who are solving a real problem, but just to like not that consumer-centric. Have they created the DAO? They're trying to do things. Mm. But things just seem a little bit, you know, like you said, in ambiguity. So how do you see it today? Um, okay, so there's a couple different sides to it. Right, like one, as you mentioned, a whole bunch of DAOs are being created just for the sake of, of creation, right? Now that's not necessarily a bad thing because there needs to be a whole lot of experimentation before we arrive at a way of creating and managing and running DAOs that is actually like sustainable and it's user-friendly and it, it leads to mass adoption, right? There needs to be a whole lot of <clears throat> sorry experimentation and all of that experimentation is not going to happen if people just stop creating DAOs right at the same time a lot of these DAOs end up just becoming inactive or there ends up being like a whole lot of misalignment between the members and the organization as a whole right which is when people start gaming the system right they start looking for loopholes they start looking for tiny little issues that can help them personally gain some tokens, some wealth, some voting power, whatever it might be, and not really help the organization with their North Star, right? This is a core problem and it's gonna get resolved as people experiment with more mechanisms. There have been instances where um, there has been proposals and like voting to to sort of like take away voting powers from certain whales who were looking to abuse it, things like that. A lot of that mess is gonna be there for at least the next couple of months. But all in all, I feel it's gonna it's gonna mature a lot. Maybe the term DAO, like decentralized autonomous organization, maybe that term might not like might not sustain it might get changed into something as mass adoption happens because it's it does not really do justice to what these organizations are really shaping up to be but as and when that happens the core idea behind creating an organization permissionlessly having ownership around your work making decisions collectively having a community actually drive a certain business that is gonna happen like sooner or later um, and essentially like tools like our Dowlands will will probably help speed up that sort of progress and like make it happen sooner but it, as of now there is definitely a whole lot of mess like most DAOs tend to not have like a clear roadmap in mind or if they do have a clear roadmap in mind they do they, they tend to have like a lot of mess around their governance a lot of like gaming going on um, but it's it's totally expected and I, I, I truly believe it's completely fine for us to have all of that mess right now because this is how new things happen right like people are trying to rethink how organizations work like from the scratch there are people who are thinking from the first principles they are questioning every little thing that has happened so far why do we need this decision making process why do we need tokens why do we need nfts like every little thing inside DAOs 
their operations, their memberships. People are rethinking all of it from scratch. And that is what leads to beautiful things, right? Like over the span of like a couple of years, we should be seeing really brilliant businesses being run completely in a completely decentralized manner uh, by the communities that support those businesses, right? And that's a beautiful thing to, to, for, for it to happen. And I hope we can enable all of that. Yeah, that is super excited to think about and I think um, it's amazing that, you know, you guys have this foresight to be able to build a tool like this, you know, which makes mass adoption much quicker and much more seamless. So, thanks for doing what you're doing. And I remember you were sharing me a very exciting story about how you guys got to the $5 million fundraising for Dowlets, you know, how you pitched to investors and all of that. So, I would love to for you to, you know, kind of touch, just like touch upon that story for, you know, like other entrepreneurs in this space. Uh... Okay, so this, so I'll, I just want to give a disclaimer because I've um, been in discussions around like a lot of fundraisers and I've seen like a bunch of them happen uh, very closely and not all fundraisers happen the same way. So whatever I'm going to talk about does not mean if, if you go for a fundraiser, it's going to happen like in, in, in like the same way. Fundraisers differ vastly depending on the industry, depending on your vision, depending on the investors themselves, depending on the market as well, right? But in our case, essentially, we, when we started thinking about dollars, we, it, it wasn't really the same, exact same idea as it is right now. It was slightly different um, and it was a little bit more focused around how do we get people to discover DAOs, right? So we, we were thinking around the problem statement that we have a lot of DAOs, right? People can, most people outside of crypto community can never find those DAOs. And even if they do find those DAOs, they're not going to understand at all what the organization is all about. And part of this is was is and was because if you go to their websites you would find vague statements like hey we are building scalability as a public utility or something like that nobody's gonna make sense of that so what does that mean <laughs> so, <laughs> so that is <laughs> that is not something i just came up with i read <laughs> pretty much like that exact those exact same words in like some website i don't remember which um, <laughs> but a lot of Web3 projects, like if you go browse their websites, you'll find that it's um, somewhat confusing to say the least, right? Especially if you have no idea about crypto, like if you're, if you're not being active on like crypto Twitter and if you're not following like every single um, news or like bit of information that's happening out there. But there are so many talented people who who could probably work in these DAOs, right? The organizations also need these talented people to actually help them grow their projects, their businesses, and so on. Um, how do we bridge this gap, right? So we were we were thinking along the lines of let's make this um, let's make this easier, right? Let's make it easier for people to discover DAOs, for DAOs to discover people, things like that. But that is not where we just where we stop, right? Like when we were we started thinking about this we thought about it on like 
um, a macro or like a long term scale right we were thinking about what's going to happen once we help people discover dogs right like how are they going to get started in dogs right so therein comes the problem of onboarding right like there's no hr inside dogs there's no there's not even like managers inside dogs so who introduces you to everyone who helps you get started with your very first project things like that so that is the entire onboarding work right after that there's an entire huge vertical of how do dogs really operate what do they really need to operate how do we make it user friendly right like everything around if you're working working in five dogs like what how do you even keep up with like what you need to do or what you can get into right like what what are the projects that are happening how can i like make the most of it things like that so there's this entire operations side of it right and then there's like another even more long term vision around once dogs start becoming mainstream like who writes the playbooks right like what's the ideal way to create a dog what's the ideal way for for an organization that is not a dog to become a dog or transition into a dog right who's going to write those things and we went in deep discussions around every single one of these aspects and all of those discussions resulted in our pitch right like and we went to investors we started pitching around the entire vision right like how we were going to change not just like the discovery problem like how we were going to solve not just the discovery problem or the onboarding problem but how we were going to actually um completely change the way um a lot of people work right now right and that's a long term vision it's also a very ambiguous vision uh, vision but um the investors that we were talking to were pretty excited about all of that they were interested in making large bets around how an entire industry can change and which is why we we sort of like uh we did not really go into extreme like mathematical discussions around like what's what the valuation is going to be or uh how much funds are you raising and what are you going to do with it we did have some discussions but not to the extent that you usually would see in shark tank for example right <laughs> um, so we made it clear that hey this is an ambiguous space and we complete we don't know concrete details around like every step along the next few years of our journey but we do have um it broadly charted out right and this is what we want to do this is why we are we are in a good position to do it that that sort of goes into um the backgrounds that me and vikram had which is also something investors consider and that is that is pretty much it we basically started we we pitched to um we pitched to one vc firm and it turns out investors are so well connected amongst themselves that word spreads spread around extremely quickly so we started getting a lot of inbounds as well started pitching pretty much continuously i think for a period of about 2 weeks we were pitching day and night like there were um there were days when for example i'm having dinner vikram is pitching 
then Vikram is having dinner, I'm pitching and then we both are pitching, right? It was non-stop. We were also at the time in an Airbnb where the network was not that good. So some of the times our um, mid-call, our network would just fail and we would just drop off and then we would run outside our Airbnb with our, with our phones in our hand trying to connect back in and like make sure that like we don't seem too unprofessional <laughs> all of that was sort of like nerve-wracking at, at that time but like uh, yeah. fortunately it all ended in a good way and we ended up raising funds and which, which leaves us in a good spot to experiment and execute on our vision right now yeah that's amazing. There are three questions I think I'll end with and those are all advices that you know I would like to ask for different sectors of people. Just piggybacking off of this conversation, what would be your advice for someone looking to fundraise in not just this tech space but the startup race? Like because you've been through that process yourself, what is one piece of advice you'd like to give? Um, okay, so the key thing I would say is focus on pitching a problem and a solution that is that is um, long term and it's 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 something that that really makes a lot of impact right now there are a whole different there are a whole lot of different kinds of investors out there right like some of them are um, sort of okay with with smaller problem spaces and like smaller little niche solutions as well um, it's, there's also like a whole another vertical or a route of just not raising funds and going bootstrapped as well but in my opinion I would suggest going after like a long term and a grand vision right like think about not do, don't just think about what you're gonna do in like the next one year think about what change can you bring in in the next five years uh, or maybe even in the next decade if you had the capital at your disposal, right, which is where investors come in. And yeah. my opinion, if if you have a reasonable path to the impact that you're looking to make over the next couple of years, and the impact is huge, a lot of investors are going to be interested because they tend to like projects where it can grow really really huge right so that is something you should probably keep in mind um it's also not necessary right like there are a lot of companies who have raised money good money at good valuations even within niche problem spaces but based off on our experience um we always had like a long-term vision in mind and i think that helped us a lot um yeah so i think that is that would be my piece of advice Definitely. Um, what would be your advice for you know the young people, or an advice you would give to your own younger self? You know, who's confused? They don't know what career to pursue, what path to pursue, but they're just full of like hunger and passion and fire. Like, what is something you'd like to say to them? Oh, uh, this is a heavy question. <laughs> um, okay, so okay, so I, I sort of like I'm gonna make an analogy with like some video games I hope it's like to some extent relatable to even people who don't play that much video games but my point is like if you look at 
games where you have a lot of like um, options, right? It's it's so it's not like Mario where you can only go in one direction. You you you, you sort of like sort of like GTA where you can do pretty much anything you want, right? Now there are, there are two kinds of players, right? One is where they optimize for every little thing, right? They want to have like the they want their character inside the video game to have like the maximum like damage and like maximum strength or like maximum attributes in general like they want to max out everything they want to optimize everything that they can do inside that video game like so that they can be pretty much like one of the best people inside their video game right there are also casual players who tend to not optimize for everything they're like hey we're just gonna do whatever whatever feels like fun right yeah. now <laughs> now the now um tying that back to like real life i feel um a lot of us tend to over optimize um like our decisions um whether it comes to like our careers or our personal lives or whatever we want to sort of maximize everything right we want to be at the very top um as soon as possible right like you want to be like a millionaire at 25 you want to have like everything as fast as possible and i sort of feel um that it's not it doesn't really do that much uh, as far as your personal happiness is concerned right like you could you could probably be a lot more lenient in your decisions explore a lot more different things and and of course that is gonna that's to to a lot of people it's not gonna feel like a productive thing to do right but i don't think productivity matters that much when you when you sort of look at it um on a grander scheme of things i feel you should sort of be lenient when it comes to these tiny little optimizations in your life and you should actually um explore more try out different things to find out what you are really good at what you really enjoy doing and then then actually make decisions around what you want to do for at least like the majority of your life or something like that right um yeah yeah thank you for sharing that <laughs> and the last question i'd like to ask you is what is one piece of advice you would give to someone um who wants to learn more about taoism um Okay so I would say first off like if you're really new to crypto right like if you're really new to crypto and blockchain in general like crypto as a term is like it has become so vague uh, I I would prefer to use the term blockchain in general but essentially if you're completely new to that I would suggest first reading up about blockchains like the basic building blocks right like what what are blockchains really for what are smart contracts for what can they do what potential do they have like really truly understand them go deep into them spend a lot of time uh thinking about things from the first principle right so that you have an idea about like what it was all meant to be before all the token prices came in right and then i would suggest um just go hop in like uh hop in, in into the community call of like any dog or like a whole bunch of dogs that you like right introduce them yourself um 
get to see the problems that they are having within their organizations and and like try to help in whatever way you can right most organizations have a lot of mess right now which is why any and every bit of help is appreciated a lot but in the process of doing that you'll get to see both the pros the cons like everything that is happening right now in without any of the sugar coating or anything like that you'll get to see what's what really happens within dows right now how it can be changed um and what it can potentially become right if everything was ideal so yeah yeah definitely and you can start with joining our dowlands community call every friday on our discord and you can find the link down in the description below yep. and on the last one, apoor thank you so much for doing this with us we loved to get to know your story and learn about your expertise and your exciting exciting experiences for over the years of what you here on the last one, is there something you'd like to share anything you'd like to talk about any anything thoughts no yeah i truly enjoyed this conversation um and i would i would just suggest like everyone who who is like really skeptical about crypto or like especially given the bear market things like that to sort of like not look at the financial aspects of like whatever is happening right now just go look at like the tech behind it the applications it can probably have uh, not just when it comes to dogs but when it comes to like every other vertical of 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 blockchains and sort of create your own opinions around like what it can potentially become right everyone like all of the crypto community uh, as a whole is still really small compared to let's say all of the professionals working around the world right now right only a small percentage of people know about what's happening in crypto um and like what can potentially happen in crypto so if you create if you form your own opinions and if you set out to do something in this space i think it's 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 um a very very good time to sort of jump in and and actually explore what you can make happen inside of your of uh, without sort of getting into all of the uh, market related things right or everything that the current crypto community is talking about because that community is essentially going to grow a lot over the coming years and you will eventually be as much a part of it as are the people who are there over in that community today right but yeah, yeah. thank you for having me Of course, it's literally your podcast. <laughs> This is the Dowlands podcast for humans of Dows. Thank you, Apoorva. It was such a such a pleasure to host you. Thank you so much for sharing so many valuable advices, and we look forward to more content from you over the course of you know the next few months. Thank you. Have a nice day, and thanks for everyone who's watching. Bye.